not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. My name is Sam and with me as always is the co-host of the podcast who is probably suffering some seriously bad PTSD from all the things that have been coming out this week, Chris. <laughs> bro, bro, I don't I don't know what to do, man. Just, I don't know what to do. There's, there's been so much, much red hot movie news there's just so much there's just so much going on man literally there has been so much to talk about so last week we talked about the snyder cut uh there's also been falcon winter soldier and then we are now talking about cherry which has been another release that's come out over the last week or so so yeah i'm pretty excited to dive in on this it's been a bit of a controversial one hasn't it so i think it'll be interesting to hear mine and your opinion because i don't think you've really We've not really spoke about it because you only watched it today, have we? We've you? not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched it this afternoon. Um, but there will be an episode on Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out soon. We sort of watched it and thought it would be better if we had two episodes to talk about. And time got away from us a little bit. So yeah. expect that bonus episode sometime and soon. And as always, we will do a first impressions episode. And then, we don't know. Let us know whether you'd rather have us talk about the episodes as of when they come out or whether you want us to do a big roundup episode like we did with WandaVision. You can let us know which way you'd rather us do it at Get Real Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up, give us an app, send us a message, give us a follow, do all that good stuff. Anyway, Chris, yeah. as always, when we start this podcast, we have to move on to our very first section, which is what have you been watching this week? What have I been watching this week? <laughs> surprise, surprise to absolutely nobody. Still a lot of anime. Um, <laughs> so I'm tuning back into Haikyuu, which is a sports anime about a high school volleyball team. And I've never given a shit about volleyball before, but somehow it's written so well and it's suckered me in hardcore and i'm like do i do i want to check out some volleyball games or maybe i just wait for the olympics and i don't turn it off to watch like another uh sport mm. <laughs> i don't know i don't know but it's really interesting the character's really good in it yeah um what else have i been watching i felt like i was watching another anime the other day i can't remember i've been doing a lot more reading again like i've been saying still checking out my comic books yeah i saw Um, you post something up on uh, twitter yesterday being being wednesday um, i've hijacked this which is weird i've hijacked the missus ipad so i've got the shonen jump app on there reading some manga and some comic books digitally instead of me buying them all the time although i am expecting a nice little delivery of some comic books that i got on sale the other day oh that's exciting um one of them is such a cool series. I would love to do like maybe an episode of you of things that we want to see get in adaptations. Obviously, like we've just seen Dota has got an adaptation, which is a video game. Maybe we talk about things that we want to get adaptations because there's a comic book series that I'm a big fan of called Die. Mm. Um, but it's, it's Die as in like D&D, like Dice. Oh, okay, um, cool. And it's such a fucking cool, bizarre, twisted fantasy concept. I would love to see it be brought to screen. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. So maybe we do an episode of that when we have like a quiet week, maybe. Yeah, That'd I think it sounds thing. pretty good. Nothing like um, the week that we're currently having, but you know. <laughs> no, too busy this week. And then finally, I finished The Office. Um, I forgot how emotional it gets in the last couple episodes. Yeah, um, it gets a bit, uh, so. a bit emotional, doesn't it? I think it ends yeah, with uh, choking up, getting a ball in your throat. Does it end with a, a bit of a song from uh, Mr. Ed Ed Helms himself? Yeah, he sings in like one Egg Helms. Um, he sings in one of the last episodes when he's leaving, doesn't he? Yeah, um, and that gets a bit emotional. And then you've got oh, he's playing it. something like, like that like yeah he's always like been kind of an okay singer but kind of made out to be a joke singer on the show and then like he whips that out and like oh oh he's yeah. actually pretty damn good um it's actually got a full recorded version that song yeah and then um that's the first time i've played guitar on the podcast by the way if you don't know sam's an amazing guitarist oh. <laughs> <laughs> amazing's a bit so. of an overstatement we'll be honest I can play. Uh... I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on now. 
you're probably the best guitarist that I know. Anyway, and you know, and you know, I had many a band and everything. Oh, Don't okay. be modest. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Have you watched anything else this week? Um, yeah, we started because we finished that. We've started rewatching Scrubs, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, that's on Disney Plus now because they got stars. So, okay. so glad to have somewhere to watch that without me digging out my old box sets. Which oh. I remember, I got a box set and one of the discs was fucked up. Yeah, like you know, like when you get this big thing, so it's got all nine series in one thing. But I think it was like season. Or disc one and disc two, like they had different prints on, so it's like disc two said that it was disc two, but it had all the same content as disc one on. So, could you imagine having the inconvenience of having to change discs in a box set these days? I know that's why I was like, when it came to Disney, I was like, thank god, because I don't want to have to watch it and swap discs like every three, four <laughs> episodes. It's such a ball ache, but yeah. it was the only way to do, do you remember like back when that became a thing when it came out on dvds and blu-rays and you're like oh my god is a blu-ray can fit a full season on one disc or it's like the dvds oh my god the entire like 30 episode series is on two discs yeah whereas like back in the day you would get a vhs and it would have like one and a half episodes of power rangers or pokemon (laughs) on or something (laughs) i remember when i was a kid trying to collect all the pokemon vhs's and i got like four of them but you can never fucking find them anywhere and they had like two episodes on yeah oh you start if you were really fancy you used to have those discs that you could flip over upside down and then it would have another another half of the season on the other side oh i only ever had them with um i think there was a ps1 game that i had that was like that yeah yeah is that it? Is that all you've been watching? Yeah. What have you been watching? Obviously, I watched Cherry and Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. Of course, yeah. I've watched both of those things as well. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, last night I watched Judas and the Black Messiah. It Was it good? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. If you've watched The okay. Trial of Chicago 7, I think we spoke about this before, but obviously mm-hmm. it follows the same timeline and events of what... Yeah what gets mentioned in that film, but it obviously focuses around uh, the Black Panthers. Uh, Yeah, it's a good film. It tells an interesting part of that story, Uh, obviously a true story of the bits that it covers off. Uh, It's got that guy, um, what's his name? Uh, He's also in... um, I'll need to just search his name really quick. Uh, The guy from Sorry to Bother You? That's it, yes. Sorry to Bother You. Stanfield, um, Steinfeld, Stanfield, Stanfield, Stanfield. Yeah, look, he's Stanfield yeah. from uh, Sorry to Bother You. That was the film I was thinking of. He's awesome in that. Uh, and you've got Daniel Kaluuya, uh, obviously from mm-hmm. uh, Get Out, etc. Uh, Jesse Plemons, Black Panther, as well. Jesse Plemons, yeah. As well, yeah. He's uh, he's equally as uh, kind of uh, passively terrifying as <laughs> <laughs> as all he's, the roles that he can, can just place. go from super charming to the creepiest bastard on the planet he's yeah, like poor dano yeah. like they can just like change in an instant and you're like oh no yeah that's it and uh dominique uh fishback i also recognized as well uh she was in project power which was that terrible netflix movie uh but she was also in a film when i was looking up when i recognized her she was in a film called show me a hero which has also got oscar isaac in it which is interesting um what was her surname again dominique uh dominique uh sorry i've just gone off it uh fishback <laughs> i recognize the name yeah you do yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. cool right okay uh other than that i've not i finished vikings uh i'll tell you what uh it's not a great season finale at all um oh yeah i was a bit disappointed i think it tried to i think vikings as a as a show it's really good like if it never ended and it followed the same thing over and over again, because it was just like this constant roller coaster of like twists and turns, and then let's invade this place, and then oh no, hang on, this person's cheated on this person. Now this person wants the throne of Katagat, and now this person wants the throne of Katagat. And although mm. you think that'd get quite repetitive, because of obviously Vikings being what it is, it's it is done quite fun. Um but I, yeah, I think to be fair, it didn't really do anything revolutionary after the part where Ragnar dies, and that's okay. It. That's really it was it. sort of missing that lead driving factor going forward, maybe. Yeah, well, they tried to do it with Bjorn, 
um, who's one of Ragnar's many, many Urin. sons. Um, but Bjorn. Yeah, just didn't just didn't do it. Bjorn was really good, but I think after it took away the focus from Bjorn, it was just kind of a bit like, hmm, you know. I think it should. I, I was feeling that, like, I wasn't really that invested in the tension between the brothers. I think it would have been better focusing on his ex-wife. I'm blanking on her name. Um, the ex-wife. What's Ragnar's ex-wife? Oh, um, yeah. The shield La- maiden. Lagatha. Lagatha, yeah. I think it would have been better maybe focusing on her a lot more. Yeah. Because um, she was such a great character, and then after Ragnar, she sort of got sidelined a little bit. Yeah, it just it just felt like maybe there was too much going on that you got to a point where it was going to become impossible to close. Because you had, yeah. like, you had Ivar's story going, you had Uber's story going, you had hits of it. You had all, everyone all had their own story <laughs> and all part to play. But anyway, that was that, I finished that. Uh, and today I started watching a bit of Dragon's Blood, the new Dota anime. Yeah. Any good? Is, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun, to be fair. It's quite brutal. Um, to be to be honest, surprisingly, which is quite nice. It's uh, someone gets stomped and killed by a dragon in like the first like thirty seconds, and lots of Excellent. blood sprays all over the place. So it is very violent, weirdly yeah. enough. And then that same dragon gets its throat slit by a chain. Wow, which is uh, brutal. So yeah, there you go. I wanted to wa- <laughs> I wanted to start it today after I watched Cherry, but Cherry was such a long film. I didn't realize how long it was going to be, so I didn't get chance to check it out. Mm. Well, yeah, that's definitely on my list for like probably once I finish season two of Haiku, I'll probably go on to Dragon's Blood. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a watch. It's one of those. At least they put like, even though it's a new anime, they've put every single episode out. So if you did just want to binge it, I think they're like twenty five, thirty minutes an episode. But I think yeah. because we play Dota together as well, and I think it explores that universe. It's like the first opening scene like shows quite a few of the heroes and kind of gives you all the background and story of it. And you mm-hmm. see um, things like Terrorblade, Tiny, uh, you see Oracle, cool. you see Sven, you see quite a few. And it's almost a bit cool to know the rest of the story and stuff because it kind of gives them a bit more character, a bit more personality, yeah, with, I guess. With Dota, like, it's not really explored in the game unless like you go digging through like some like little snippets like in in the game's character files and stuff like that so it's something that's really not been explored much there's a couple of comic book series i think for dota but i've never i never even knew that until i saw the adverts for dragon's blood that there was even comic books so yeah. i knew nothing about the lore of dota but there's some really cool stories there by the seams of it so oh yeah yeah for sure i'm hoping this series could like explore all these cool characters like i know like marana and luna in the series somewhere as well which are really cool characters well the interesting Uh, part of it and that this will wrap up the what we've been watching bit but it has uh it it categorizes its seasons as books so what i'm thinking mm -hmm. might be cool is that dragon's blood is book one and then you have book two which could be another story which pulls from a couple of the characters uh and creates another narrative for them uh, yeah, I yeah. think I remember like back when we first started the podcast and we heard about this Dota series coming out. Um, mm. I think we mentioned it maybe quickly. Um, I think they did say it was going to be like a an anthology esque series, mm-hmm. but we didn't know if that meant like every every season was different or whether every episode was different. So if they're doing every season, it gives them enough chance to flesh a full narrative out instead of it being like one and done, toss out a hero every week type thing. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, it seems interesting. Awesome. Right. Uh, moving on, what bits of... There's not much in the way of trailers, I think, so a bit of news and trailers banged together, I think, for, for this week. Um, I'll do the one trailer up top, so then we can talk about some news. Mm-hmm. Um, the one trailer that I've seen is for Stowaway, which is a film coming to Netflix on April 22nd. It's got Anna Kendrick in it, and it's also got the mum from Hereditary, what is her name, Tony Collette. Cool. And someone that I don't remember ever seeing, Daniel D. Kim. It's basically a space mission takes off from Earth and there's like an engineer stuck on board that had passed out before they took off. So somehow they managed to take off with him on board and 
is being classed as like a stowaway. So they're on a mission to Mars to try and help colonize Mars. But obviously, like, they've set off on this mission with only enough resources for three people, and it takes seven months to get to Mars. So it's like those trying to fight, like, obviously, they're in space, they can't get any support. So it's them trying to make it to Mars and stuff like that. And some tomfoolery, sort of like, you know, um, the Martian style. Mm-hmm. to make resources stretch and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems interesting. It feels weird seeing Anna Kendrick in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. It feels almost weird seeing Tony Collette in a movie like this because she does a lot of like intense like mental thrillers almost with like hereditary and stuff like that. She's plays a, playing a Aussie in this. So yeah. The accent, accent works pretty cool. Um, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to leap to check out straight away, but it drops on Netflix in April 22nd. It's another, like, it's got an A-list celebrity in there. Mm-hmm. It's another big film. Netflix are doing this thing where they're releasing brand new content every week this year. Um, so, yeah, that's all one for April 22nd. Maybe if that sounds appealing to you guys, check it out. Cool. Right, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's fire through, and I mean fire through, some news stories from this week. Uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, we got some Kong v Godzilla reviews come out, which is cool to see. Uh, I think it's dropped in India, I think, first, and then it's got a bit of a staggered oh. release then over the UK and the US. Um, I've got a review here from Screen Rant, which says, early reviews tease a satisfying big screen slugfest. Uh, and I saw a review for it, which was basically, it said something along the lines of, um, it is absolutely exhausting, but deals uh, delivers everything that you want it to deliver, which is a pretty good little uh, review. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I literally just want two action figures being smashed together. So if it's a big screen slugfest, then that sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think my issue with King of Monsters was the fact that we didn't get to see these slugfests but very much it yeah. was very dark and it was shot from the ground level and stuff like that and that is another thing that we've got to add to the list of things that we need to watch as well so we'll have to Definitely. do an episode on kong v godzilla godzilla versus kong oh god there's so much coming out now this yeah. is like the big old uh like backlog that we've had from covid isn't it it really is. It's like everything that got pushed back because there's so many digital releases this year. I think like the front end of this year is properly stacked. Yeah, but I am really excited for this because I know King of Monsters got a bit of a got a bit of a lukewarm reaction, but this is meant. You know, this seems like it's got a lot of really positive vibes to it. So. Yeah, it felt like almost King of Monsters was a setup for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, a little bit of almost breaking news. It literally dropped as we were getting set up for this podcast, but Jessica Walter has passed away. Um, she was on Arrested Development. She was the voice of Mallory Archer from Archer. She's been acting since like the ni- uh, the 60s, so pretty sad to see her go, unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame. Um, but yeah, that was crazy. I literally... Because... We took a two-second break, and I saw the news broke as soon as I opened my phone, so that's sad to see you go. Um, oh, yeah. I love Archer. Shame. Archer's a great series. Arrested Development is hilarious, and she is a big driving force of that series. So uh, She was also Dang. in the original 1978 Doctor Strange film. Oh, was she? Mm, wow. She was. Uh, she played Morgan Le Fay, apparently. Oh. There Dang. you go. Interesting um, little fact. Uh, speaking of comic book films, then, while we're on the subject of comic book films, we've got a couple little tidbits of comic book movie news. Shazam 2 has cast Helen Mirren as the film's demigod villain. Mm. So I don't know if she's going to be the only villain, because um, I think we've got some other people being cast as well. And the name... So the name of Shazam 2, I don't know if we covered this ages ago, was Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, so... I'm thinking there's going to be more than one god, mm-hmm. uh, but she has been cast as Hespera, um, who is one of the daughters of Atlas, and Rachel Zegger, Zegler has also been cast as her sister. Oh, um, okay. The age difference between these two actors actresses is crazy. Um, 
but so sisters, I don't know. They're all demigods, so ages of Greek mythology. Gods. Yeah. It's all it's all sounds Greek to me. But yeah, <laughs> Helen Mirren, like um, she did Fast and the Furious and now she's in Shazam. Like mm. she in in a later year she's like, Yeah, fuck it, I'll do anything. <laughs> I know. Helen Which Mirren is, is just one of those actresses that's just in like so much stuff. And can just kind of yeah. almost pick and choose her roles at this point. She she loves acting, so she'll act as much as she can. It's like the opposite of Nicolas Cage, who is in so much debt that he just has to act in everything. <laughs> Whereas Helen Mirren chooses to act in everything. Yeah, yeah, funny. Um, uh, speaking of that, we've also got uh, casting as well on another DC property. We've got Piers yep. Brosnan cast as Doctor Fate. This is completely unexpected casting but i'm not mad at it he's got such a good voice i don't know if they're going to be so normally the character once he puts the dr fate helmet on is like possessed by like an egyptian god Mm -hmm. so i don't know if he's going to do the voice just the voice or whether he's going to be the character as well maybe they're doing an older version of this character Mm -hmm. um but pierce brosnan man what a voice and just to specify this is for the black adam uh film which means he'll be opposite Dwayne Johnson which is uh, the rock Johnson isn't it just mad right like just to have a quick reflection on superhero films in general isn't it mad that it's like such a big deal for people to be cast in these now as as like common as what they are people would kind of shy away from these films because they would like historically be a bit of a flop but now the obviously Marvel was a thing and did really well. And obviously DC does really well off the back of that uh, because they kind of got into their big DCEU franchise off the back of Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, oh, we're clearly missing something here. We need to... Uh, that's a that's a, that's a something to talk about for another time, I think, with the... <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, it definitely has boomed and everyone wants to be in one yeah, of these Yeah, and it's crazy to think that James Bond is now Doctor Fate. <laughs> Yeah, like what? The name is Fate, or Doctor Fate. And we just need to wait for him to be cast as uh, Admiral Thrawn now off the back of that uh, really sketchy, uncanny art that happened. I still think yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch would be a good Thrawn. Well, I think he's kind of ruled it out, to be fair. I think he came out and ruled it out. So uh, I think uh, we'll have to wait and see for yeah. that. Uh, speaking of the DC films, though... Um, we've had a recast. So, uh, what is it? Billy Crudup is no longer playing Henry Allen. Yeah. It is now going to yeah. be Ron Livingston instead, who, to be fair, hasn't been in much really since Band of Brothers. Um, um, he's been in a lot, but he's not really been in anything that people are talking about his performance, is it? Yeah, nothing really of note, is it? No. Uh, what was his name? Ron. <laughs> I, I always forget his surname. Perlman? Ron what? Livingston? <laughs> Ron Perlman? <laughs> Livingston. Yeah, let's, uh, let's have a quick look. While you have a Ron look, Livingston. his uh, big breakout, I think, was in Band of Brothers, uh, where he starred alongside quite a lot of really big actors, to be fair. I've watched Well, his big break was in Office Space. That's how we got the role in, uh, okay. <laughs> in Band of Brothers. Yeah, it's like I'm just, I'm just looking through now. He was in The Conjuring. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've not really seen anything that anyone's been talking about lately. Yeah, he's been doing mostly TV, but I you mean, know, don't get I me think... wrong. I see him as potentially being a good Henry Allen. He looks like it. a dad, doesn't he? He does look like a dad. <laughs> but I mean, why would you get rid of um, Crudup anyway? Yeah, I feel like maybe he's stepped away after obviously pushbacks, delays changing of films, changing of casting, all that sort of thing, changing of direction and tone for this film yeah. 18 times. It's it weird a, for this to come an origin out, so... film, it's Flashpoint, it was an origin film, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's just weird for it to come out so close to the post-release of the Snyder Cut, though. Yeah, it's probably... So we've also seen there's been a casting for young uh, Barry Allen as well. Um, I don't recognise the kid from anything. Flashbacks from but... Flashbacks. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to flash back to we're going to see his mother being murdered. Um, so 
we're getting a lot of casting. I think the Flash is now gearing up to start pre-production. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why it's come out now. It just so happens to be around the same time that the Snyder Cut has finally come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's mostly just scheduling conflicts or something, or Billy Crudup has just sort of been passed from pillar to post with this franchise a little bit. So yeah. maybe he's busy doing something else. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, and then we've also got... Uh, Keanu Reeves starring in his what? So, so you explain this. The comic series is called Berserker. B R Z B Z R K R, right? Or whatever. <laughs> Bers- Berserker. Yeah, it's Berserker, but take the vowels out. So, isn't it? was he the inspiration? Was he the main character illustrated in the comic book? Was that basically? So, you, you take it away and explain this a little bit. Okay, so I've got issue one on pre-order it's not arrived with me yet so i can't wait to read it uh keanu reeves is a co-writer on the series and i think they made it with the intention of getting it adapted so um he's on there i think one of the guys from john wick maybe was involved as well so mm-hmm. they did base the lead character with the design looking very much like keanu reeves mm-hmm. um hope probably thinking that it's going to be tied in with an adaptation they probably sold the rights with it with the star power behind it to get it pushed forward. So yeah, Netflix is doing the adaptation of it. Keanu Reeves is going to be in the lead role, like he is, like you said, his likeness is in the comic and books. What is um, what is Berserker about? What's like the top line of it? I've got not a clue yet. I think it's a crazy mercenary guy. So it sounds a lot like John Wick, only completely different story, but a similar similar veined character. Shall we quickly see B- Berserk? Bazooka Volume 1. Um, uh, yeah, so it doesn't even come out until June yet. So. <laughs> two warring factions. Um, yeah, we don't really. It's really a bit hard to tell, actually. Yeah, it, we, we've only seen, like, hints of the artwork and, like, the, the front cover of it and stuff like that. Um, 12 issue limited series first started in March 3rd. So. The full volume one will come out in June. Yeah, uh, it's got pretty good reviews so far, though. Um, it's definitely going to be a huge fucking action-packed thing, isn't it? So, yeah. apparently, it was kickstarted. Mm. I don't know. There's so much going on. You wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that Keanu Reeves would have to kickstart anything. No, you think he'd <laughs> just be able to sell one of his motorbikes or something, and that would uh, fund yeah. it. But and, um, and then one of the. Other things we've got is that we've got Black Widow premiering on Disney Plus, and it's coming out in June, is it? June 9th, it's releasing in cinemas, obviously where it's safe to do so, but it is also coming to Disney Premier Access as well, um, which they've said it was always like the last thing they wanted to do was to put it on Disney Plus. So they've waited until a point where they can also release it in certain cinemas as well. So you can still go see it in the cinema yeah. um, or you can pay to watch it at home. Obviously, if two of you are going to the cinema, it'll be cheaper to watch it at home. But also £20 if you, it's just you going to watch it at home on Disney Plus is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's the best of both worlds. If you can go to the cinema and have the big cinematic uh, experience or you can still watch it on home at day one. You don't need to miss out. Um it might hurt the box office a little bit with it coming out on Disney+. Plus. We know that stuff on there will get ripped and put online straight away. Um, don't do that. Please go support it. It's the first... Oh, It's like one of the biggest female superheroes that we've got in superhero movies at the moment. She's finally getting her own movie. So mm-hmm. even if you watch it and pay for it on Premiere Access, it'll still go to support the film. Please don't go... Uh, watching it online illegally it's important um so yeah are you gonna pay the 20 pounds to watch it on disney plus chris no i'm gonna pay the 12 pound to go see it in the cinema very good 24 pound to take someone with me yeah Um, because it uh, actually cinemas open very soon here don't they in a few weeks they'll be open by then hopefully yeah um and there's some interesting stuff going on with what's releasing in the cinemas. But first, quickly, diving back to Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, John Wick 4 is reportedly starting filming in June as well. Uh, they've said now that they're not filming John Wick 4 and 5 back-to-back as like one double feature. They're going to film it as two separate films. Um, so yeah, it, filming will take place in Berlin, Paris, New York, and Japan. 
Mm. So we know the later versions of the later iterations of this film like to do a bit of glow pop in, but they are mostly based around New York. I fucking love John Wick so much. So give me more of it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, I also saw a trailer for something last week, which I didn't talk about because it looked kind of shit. It was basically John Wick, but with Ruby Rose as like the lead character, which she was in John Wick one anyway. Um, And he had Morgan Freeman in a wheelchair but it just kind of looked naff. Um, so it just goes to prove that like John Wick is such a simple concept, but you're not always going to nail it, are you? Like it takes it takes a Keanu Reeves and it takes certain stunt coordinators and everything to make it work. Um, so also speaking of cinemas reopening, this was one that I didn't see coming at all. Apparently, a never before seen version of Scott Pilgrim is coming back to theaters. So this is. Apparently, although the trailer looked identical to the original version, apparently it's going to have updated visual effects and an updated... um, um, I'm losing the words now. Sound effects. Like like um, remixed kind of thing. Yeah, audio. Yeah. Um, So this is going to be releasing in Dolby Cinemas. So it's being remixed for Dolby Atmos and apparently new... or updated effects for Dolby Cinema screens, which is like IMAX type screens, okay. or at least that's level of fidelity. Yeah. So I didn't see this coming. This is one of my favorite films of all time. So if it comes to anywhere near us, uh, I know we've got a Dolby screen in our local um, Cineworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the 10th anniversary of this. So, I mean... There's not going to be that many other films out at the time, so I'll go check this out, maybe. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool to go watch that again. I don't think I ever had the chance to watch this in the cinema, to be honest, so... Oh, probably I quite, yeah. I think it's. I think it was maybe the first first or second film that me and my missus went to see together back in the day. Um, I love it. I got the Blu-rays. One of our um, tutors did all the behind-the-scenes audio for the for the Scott Pilgrim DVDs, which was really, really interesting. Yeah, uh, Cormac. He did the audio for the Scott Pilgrim behind-the-scenes featurette. Oh, that's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, we watched it in his class once, and he was like, oh, look, there's my name. Anyway, final Shout-out, Cormac. Yeah, shout-out. A new Bewitched movie is in development at Sony based on the original TV series, so it's not going to follow the 2005 film. It's going to follow the original series. And I've got to think... This is in some way due to the success of WandaVision. Yeah. <clears throat> like, it's just got to be. Bewitched has been a dead franchise. Um, like I said, they did the film in 2002 with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell in it, and it wasn't too well received. So it's been sort of like a dead franchise, and then WandaVision did it so well. Mm. So... Sony are bringing it back. So do you reckon this is actually going to be... Because it's a sitcom, isn't it? Do you reckon it's actually going to be sitcom-esque for the film, maybe? Or Um, do you reckon it's going to be more like feature feature film? I think it's going to be feature. I think it's probably going to be... So the later part of the series... So this ran for eight years. The later couple seasons like stepped away from sort of just like the the one-camera sitcom-type vibe and went to a bit more of a, like, multi-camera set, um, sort of more in lines of, like, Full House and stuff like that. You know what we saw in, like, the the sort of middle part of WandaVision. Yeah. So I reckon they can... Maybe they'll keep the setting to, like, the 60s and 70s, um, but it'll be just, like... A normal film it's not going to be sitcom they might try and take some more sitcom elements to it but i think it's mostly just because there's so many people talk about bewitched and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. that's my theory anyway because this seems to have come out of nowhere and obviously it's just after one division yeah. blatantly did their version of bewitched yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah i think interesting Definitely worth talking about anyway. Um, I think that was all the news. It certainly sounds like it should be all the news. Shall we move (laughs) on to our main topic for the week? Talk on to Chezza. Talk on to Chezza, lads. We're going to talk about (laughs) Chetty. Chetty? 
Cherry, the 2021, <laughs> the 2021 movie by the Russo brothers, starring Tom Holland and uh, Kira Bravo, um, written by Angela Russo, Otstotto, uh, uh, and Jessica Goldberg, based off the autobiography by Nico Walker. Someone's clearly got the IMD up, IMDB up in front of me. <laughs> uh, I remembered most of that, except for Angela Russo's second surname. <laughs> so, as usual, it'll all be time-coded. We'll talk non-spoilers for any kind of main story beats, just in case you're listening to get a bit of an idea whether or not this is something that you want to watch. And then, going forward, we will have a little bit of a spoiler bit where we talk about some of the main story beats, things that will talk about the ending and what we thought and blah, 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 blah. So, anyway, first thing I want to kind of get out of the way is I was really exp- surprised that this was based on the novel of a true story. Um, I, I had no idea. I, I think they buried the lead on that during the trailers, but I had heard about that before I went into it. Yeah, okay. So, because cool. I thought it was yeah. like, I thought a lot of it was like fairly, like, not like dramatized. Like, so when, when it came to actually seeing the Nico Walker, who the who is the protagonist in the film, was mm-hmm. actually the author of the book, because at the end it says it was based on blah, 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 when you're going through the credits. Yeah. I was like fairly pleasantly surprised. I thought, oh, well, that's quite good. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> So I've got a few opinions on this movie anyway. So um, and so so of everybody else. So I mean before yeah. we talk about your opinions, everyone's kind of a little bit mixed on this to be fair. So yeah. in terms of Google reviews Let's get and the stuff, reviews up. Yeah, so it's a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 37% on Rotten Tomatoes and 44% on Metacritic. In terms of uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 71% audience score and then a 37% uh tomato meter so it's like eek so audiences like it but critics don't yeah um so out of 1400 ratings on google as well it's on 4.6 but like we spoke about i think it was last episode a a lot of people either one star it or five star it um i don't know about your opinion i think 37 percent is really harsh yeah um but I think 6.6 was a probably where I would put it. I'd probably give it a 6.5 to 7 <clears throat> out of 10. Okay, so um, what's what's just the to reason lead into that. what's the reason at the top? What are your problems with it? Okay, I thought there was some really interesting stylistic choices with it. Mm-hmm. I thought Tom Holland was phenomenal. <clears throat> Yeah, but I think he was better than the writing of this film. I don't think it was written too well. I think that's why it didn't feel like a true story because his character was missing bits of context and I think the film was lesser than the sum of its parts is the way that I've worded it. You know, sort of like the opposite of the saying, like some really interesting stylistic choices. The score is phenomenal. Um, Tom Holland is amazing and he's acting circles around everyone else in this film. Uh, But the writing really lets it down at points. Um, and some of the choices, like, I know it said, like, really interesting stylistic choices, but I don't think all of them land. And the fact that the film is broken up as well, and certain things are only in certain parts of the film, and it is a bit of a bloated runtime, I don't know. It felt a little bit lackluster, like, it should have had so much to say, and in its time it could have told, like, it could have made a real statement, but it kind of didn't. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm coming from anyway. I think it's definitely definitely not a 37%. Mm. And I watched I watched a couple of reviews after watching it to see um what some people were saying on YouTube and like I like sort of like 20 20 to 25 minute reviews are pretty good because they're able to talk about what they like and what they don't like and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I watched one. I think it was from Beyond the Trailer or something. And there's this woman, Grace, reviewing the film, and she is just slating it. Like, the way she's talking about it, it's like she's giving it a 1 out of 10. And she says that Tom Holland isn't great in it and that he's miscast and everything. And I couldn't disagree with her more. Like, Tom Holland is amazingly cast in this. Um, Especially when you see a photo of Nico Walker as well. And, like, 
like he's just he brings so much more to the role than what I feel was on the page. Yeah. Um yeah, it felt it was better than I left it having more of an impact than say White Tiger left on me. <clears throat> yeah. Um but it felt like it missed the mark similar to how White Tiger did. How did you feel about it? Uh, so definitely the runtime was the biggest problem I had with it. So it's mm-hmm. two hours and 21 minutes, which for something like this, it's very, very long. Um, yeah. That was kind of like... Because obviously it has parts, right? So the film's like, it's separated into like chapters. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that we were getting another chapter, I was like, oh my word, there's there's more to go. But what I did enjoy about the film, I think, although the writing, I get maybe people's issues with the writing because it is like a lot to chew on and maybe it's almost a little bit too much and it does linger a lot on parts. So there is a lot of parts where it lingers on a shot for almost that little bit too long. Well, that um, that's editing and cinematography and direction that rather than writing. I'll, I'll talk yeah, about yeah, my issues with writing. But that's that's more a problem a with the runtime. I mean, yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Or maybe if that was a little bit more concise, it may have it may have actually had a negative impact. I guess because of how fast the story's running. I think you could have taken an hour out of this film quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I think a lot yeah, of it get was it to a nice to... tight ninety minutes and it could have told the same thing. Yeah, I think maybe because the film was trying to balance this whole kind of drug fueled, PTSD fueled breakdown of a person, which is your your thing in from the trailer anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of has to put a lot of moments in there which are lighter, a bit like the um like the army training scene. Like yeah. almost like jokey parts in there to kind of lift it a little bit, and I think mm-hmm. maybe the film what it's maybe trying to do is it's maybe trying to satisfy too many different audiences. Yeah, because you've got Tom Holland in it. I think what I was expecting from this film was I was expecting for it to be just be really dark, and it does go there. Don't get me wrong; it really goes there. But I was expecting <laughs> yeah. it to be dark all the way through and be almost like a bit of a like depressing film. Um, and I think because obviously you've got Tom Holland in there, I think a lot of the people that you're bringing in with Tom Holland uh, and maybe Chiara Bravo as well is that they, they're maybe not looking to watch something like that. And I think maybe it was almost that balance between the two that made it feel a little bit confused. But overall, in terms of what I really liked about the film, I think I probably like on a scale, I think I probably like it a little bit more than you. Um mm-hmm. I didn't really have as much of an issue with the writing when I was watching it. It was more the runtime, but I really mm-hmm. loved um, the music was actually quite good in it. Uh, I loved the editing and the cinematography in it. That was like incredible. Typical and Russo brother cinematography going on here. Um, and obviously, yeah, Tom Holland kills it. Like it's so it was almost kind of weird to see him in a role like this in some of the parts he was doing because it just shows his kind of range as an actor. I think this and uh, <clears throat> what was it? The other one that we talked about was it the devil's not devil, the, devil's the devil all the time. The devil all the time. Yeah, they were two very necessary films for him to make at this point in his career because we're about to go into the third Spider-Man film, which is going to be what the fifth film that he's appeared in as Spider-Man. Yeah. Um. I think they were very necessary break from character, especially this one. He got to like flex like almost three different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the before joining the army, you've got the bit during the army, and then you've got the drug addict later. Um, so I think it was a great decision for him to do these two roles to like break what. Well, we said this when we talked about the devil all the time. He could get in a position where he could get typecast now, and he's doing these films to step away from that, which is great. Um, I think he did show a lot of diversity. Um, my my issue is like it felt like with these chapters. I don't know if it was intentional. Um, that each one almost felt like a different. A completely different style of film and a different genre, almost like certain 
visual choices were really interesting, but they felt like they led up to things like you got certain shots that they never come back again, like stylistic choices. I was trying to find like a visual language to this film almost, and there didn't seem to be one. It felt felt almost sporadic, like they were just like, oh, we can put this really artsy shot in here, but then it's never brought back in any meaningful way later, and it kind of felt like each part was directed by a different person. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but didn't quite land for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, saying that, there were some beautiful things in there, which I really appreciated them being in there. Um, I didn't get why the army training stuff was all sort of like black boxed in, and it was really smaller. I don't get that choice. Yeah. I get some of like the like the shot of him lying on the ground with like the army doing stuff around him and with the voiceover that works. I also felt it was weird how the voiceover sort of like was super heavy at the beginning of the film kind of dropped out in the middle and then it came back towards the end yeah um it it was it was a little bit strange to me that um also can we quickly talk about the butthole shot yeah what the fuck was that (laughs) i never wanted to pretend like i was inside of tom holland's arsehole no thank you why was that a choice that they made and i mean this is just like pure cinematography just like thinking almost like a little bit too far outside the box it's like you just need to have like one foot in the box too far inside his box (laughs) you know what i mean it needs to be like one toe dipping in the box kind of thing maybe just to keep it grounded yeah um yeah, that was uh, yeah. That I was think weird. I, I think there was some really stunning, beautiful visual shots in this. Um, my issue was mostly, like I said, with the writing. Like this is all filmed and set in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's about obviously the opioid epidemic in the Midwest of America, mm-hmm. which is like it's the hardest hit part of America. And the Russo brothers have come out and said that they've lost people to the opioid epidemic. Um, obviously this is written by it's a true story from a sufferer but it kind of never commented on it it showed problems but it never commented on them and it never sort of led anywhere and it kind of just passed the book it just like showed you stuff but didn't say why it's an issue how it's become an issue like there was only one line in this that mentioned that it was in Cleveland Mm. and so I didn't know where this was set for the vast majority of the film, even though it's such a f- story that could only be told in Ohio. Yeah. And with the Russo brothers being from Ohio, and like I said, they've lost someone from this, um, it felt like they could have really shone a light on the opioid epidemic, which it does, and it does show the horrors of it. Are but you, I don't feel like... I, just Just to try to kind of like help is it is it maybe the fact that it doesn't address it almost directly and it doesn't like clarify it to everybody else that this is what it's trying to address because it feels more like it's addressing ptsd than the opioid epidemic um see i thought they were going to do that but they also sort of drop ptsd after he gets hooked on heroin they kind of drop the whole ptsd side of it yeah. And it's just about him being an addict at that point. So it's like, do you want to tell a story about how vets are treated after they come home and PTSD, which is an important narrative in itself? Mm. Or do you want to tell a story about heroin abuse? You can do both, but don't drop one to then do the other. That's what my issue with the writing is. Um, and like I said, with three people being heavily involved, so the Russo brothers' sister uh, wrote it, was a co-writer, and the Russo brothers directed it, you've got three people in the core three people who made this film who should have had such an emotional impact on this film, and that didn't land. Like, they sort of hid things. They just kind of showed a story, but didn't show that... You know what I mean? Like, this is a story that could have only been told about Cleveland, Ohio, and there was no mention of it. There was no mention that this is a widespread epidemic. It just showed one person... um, the only time they try and show any sort of systematic failure was when he goes to see the doctor and they just prescribe him. Um, he was on Adderall, wasn't he? What did he get put on? Xanax, yeah. which is like one of the biggest like causes of opioid addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it, it was only one very, very short scene that talked about systematic failure of how we treat our vets. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like they dropped the ball on such an important topic. Do you think that's what my issue was? Do you think the problem from this stems from almost trying to be a little bit too artsy and almost trying to make it more cinema than address what the actual film's trying to address? That's what I thought. I thought there was too much spent on maybe parts of the story. Like, when he comes back from war and he gets hooked on drugs, that's only the halfway point. And I thought that was about to go into the final third until I saw that it was like we had another hour and ten minutes left. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that runtime from then on is just lingering shots of people lay on the ground like absolutely doped out the heads mm-hmm. which it is showing like there's some horrifying shots in this of like what uh relapsing can do uh what um what's the term when you go in cold turkey when you when you're coming off drugs trying to rehabilitate almost um, yeah i know what you I mean can't, i can't think of but when you're withholding Withdra- from drugs withdrawals withdrawals yeah. yeah um what that looks like for heroin abuse and stuff like that it it shone it in like such a horrifying way that only i think like maybe train spotting has done in the past mm-hmm. um, it, it did feel very so, train spotting yeah so visually there's some really striking things there which if they delved into the subject would have absolutely hit home that top-down shot of where you've got uh emily in the shower and um Nico, known as like Cherry, um, is throwing up in the sink and stuff like that. Like that shot would have hit like the story of the crisis so much harder if we actually had that narrative. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should have seen it's like the geographical significance almost. Like it, it felt like they dropped the ball on the important message behind this film is. Basically, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get what you. I get what you're saying. It's an interesting. It, yeah, it's an. In, it's. It feels like a more. A more um, balanced, critical uh, review of it. It feels. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just being like, ah, it's not very good. Like it's very much more constructive in terms of how. Yeah, you've because about I it. loved so much about it, and like Tom Holland's performance, <clears throat> I cannot understate it. Absolutely hit me yeah. when. I think the best part for me, because it actually added context to everything that was happening, was the scenes where he's over in Iraq. Like we had context to how he was feeling, we had context yeah. to where he was leading his character. We saw emotional developments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that chapter of the film worked phenomenally. Uh, that phone call that he's having with Emily absolutely broke my heart. Like that was yeah. like the only yeah. time that I got like I actually welled up a bit. Um, whereas I feel like I should have been feeling that in the final act of the film as well, but I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I felt like, considering as a real character, he didn't feel like a real character because we, we didn't know anything about him and we didn't learn anything about him from when the camera started rolling and he was falling in love with Emily. Yeah. Like, we don't hear about his home life or anything. Like, his character felt like it was lacking a personality almost, like... Not because of the performance. He managed to sell the performance, even though it, the character wasn't written with a personality. I don't know. It's so weird. I really enjoyed the film, but I had so many short fall-ins on it, which I feel I needed to talk about because they are big issues. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Uh, probably moving to spoiler territory now, I guess, because yeah, we yeah, can yeah. start getting into a bit more of the... the I'll let you talk a bit more now about some of like your favourite bits <laughs> from the film or least favourite bits, because I had to get that rant out there because it's such an important thing. Yeah. It just... Yeah. To be honest with you, when you sit down now in our, in the spoiler bit, uh, pre-warning for everybody, um, when you start to think about the actual particular scenes and stuff, and you try to cherry pick, ha 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 ha, see what I did there, <laughs> um, different scenes, it's almost kind of hard because of how much happens in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it I'm- felt like a, lunch of, uh, a bunch of really fast vignettes of somebody's life. Yeah, and it it almost like suffers a little bit from if you try to recollect a, a film like Place Beyond the Pines a little bit, and you like almost forget that in the end of that film, it flashes forward and it's about the guy's son. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it almost suffers a little bit from that. 
But obviously that so, films that film's actually exactly the same runtime as this, but it does it in a different way. Yeah, because I think that I was thinking of the place beyond the pines the entire time I was watching it. Obviously, it's got bank robberies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's split into three parts. That's split into three chapters essentially, which is very like Greek Brechtian theater. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I was thinking of that because that film does it better. You don't feel the two hour twenty one runtime in that because the story flows and there is a pace to it. Whereas this one. It felt like too much going on, and it felt drawn out towards the end. Um, yeah. Also, the music in this felt so placed beyond the pines to me. You know the the one like reoccurring musical theme that we got, which when he first sees Emily, um, and it's sort of like the theme that's used for when they're so intensely in love and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, I think it's placed beyond the pines. It's either placed beyond the pines or drive. Um, there's like the music sounded just taken straight from that. Mm-hmm. But Henry Jackman, man, he did a fantastic job with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that made the Marvel Studios intro. He did the music for Falcon and the Winter, uh, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War, um, Winter Soldier. So he's worked with the Russos before. His scores are phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he did the music for Extraction as well. Oh, yeah, and the music was pretty good in Extraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, like I say, it's hard to kind of pick out parts of the film to really say what my favourite parts were. I quite like I said, I really enjoyed how it was filmed. Like I really, yeah. en- like I, I kind of, I was a little bit confused by the change in aspect ratio when it came to the army training bit. But yeah. almost it was. I reckon it was maybe to kind of make you feel a little bit more claustrophobic because it. Yeah, kind that's of what did, I thought. It framed around it a little bit. Um, I liked the. I liked how all the war bits were pretty brutal. To be honest, I liked mm-hmm. how it didn't shy away from showing a lot of that. Um, the the I liked a lot of the narrative stuff that Tom Holland did to kind of keep you in the loop of where you were up to in the story a little bit and just kind of help kind of kind of hold your hand a little bit but not too much throughout the film that was quite yeah. good um yeah um in terms of the ending the absolute best scene of this film and the most like striking part of the the actual cinematography was the bit where he's in prison and it's showing the time go by in the epilogue because the epilogue's um done over a certain amount of years and it shows 14 years yeah it shows that time over 14 years by having that really slow camera pan uh go between Mm -hmm. the walls and stuff and then it goes back and the music and stuff in that scene is that bit although that is a very big uh very big guilty Guilt, guilt part for the you know for the runtime and stuff like that. I've, I did feel like cine, cine, cinematography wise, it was it was spot on. Yeah, I uh, think yeah that was really interesting. <clears throat> it felt like they sort of like rushed that last part, but there's only so much you can tell in prison. But it looked like he was leading a support group and stuff like that, which I think would have been more important to have like maybe a scene showing him in a support group leading that. Mm. As opposed to in another scene of another bank robbery and another doping out of your head, um, yeah, yeah, I think it felt a bit rushed, but it was good. Like you said, visually it was amazing. Um, I yeah, I liked the way it ended. I liked the way they wrapped it, the story up. Yeah, um, I was quite also. Surprised I think they a- needed to give him a bit more old man makeup though, because he would have been like forty at that point, and seeing Tom Holland playing a forty year old with. They just put a mustache on him. Yeah, I mean that guy pulls off a mustache <laughs> somehow. somehow. Somehow he does. Somehow with his youthful-looking face. Um, yeah, I think they yeah. needed to give him a bit more of like crow's feet or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked how it had a happy ending. I wasn't expecting yeah. that at all, but I did. I did like how it chose to do that. I mean, it's based on the novel, right? It wasn't their choice, but. I liked how the story chose to have a happy ending towards the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's um, good. It, it did leave it with a little bit of hope going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I said, I think the best part for me was all the stuff in Iraq. Um, the way it was shot, like, it was absolutely horrific, but it just drilled you into Cherry's point of view. Like, mm-hmm. that was... You were just so well aligned. Like, that was probably the most traditionally shot part of the film. It didn't have anything experimental going on with it, mm-hmm. um, except for in, like, the training camp, which... When they were doing that, it just felt like a blatant full metal jacket ripoff. Um, yeah, but it was done well. Um, it, it does. So you, you, yeah. you can't be too angry at them ripping it off completely because it was done well. Yeah, that's it. I think. I think the thing of the story for me was more about how how easy it is to kind of fall into signing up for the military, and then mm-hmm. obviously the effects of that, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, was kind of the standout for me. So. Yeah, I really didn't like the character before he joined the military. Like I said, he just felt like he was lacking personality and there was nothing... Considering there was voiceover, he never explained why he was the way that he was type thing. I don't know, it felt strange, but once he joined the military, I feel like his character really... He really found his footing with the acting and the character development. Um, Yeah, there was... There's just a few little things that griped at me with this film. Um, like you said, like it is such a serious subject matter as well. Like, how many people have we seen? Like, I there's people that I watch on YouTube and stuff like that. Which, when they open up, they've fall into the opioid crisis and stuff like that. They've luckily had stories where they've been able to come out the other side. But it's such an issue in America. Like, they just medicate everyone and it's all these heavy opioids. That's how Dustin Hoffman ended up um, dying of an overdose because he was on Xanax and stuff like that. But as soon as your prescription ends, uh, it the, the prescriptions, like he says in the film, they're made to get you so hooked on these drugs um, that like those prescriptions are never going to be enough. So then what's the next thing after an opioid it is heroin because that's an opioid but it's even stronger Mm. and it's so regularly available it's not being policed nearly enough um so this like it's such a big thing it's like the biggest drug issue probably in america at the moment is the opioid crisis yeah it's never talked about anywhere um so this film did shine a light on how it easy it is to fall into that world um i just don't think it said enough about how big of an issue it was it felt yeah. this film felt quite small which i know it's just based around one character's life yeah. but it could yeah. have told a lot more yeah. with it being so high profile with the russo brothers being on it with yeah. tom holland being yeah. on it it felt like it had a duty to do something more yeah um where did you think it was going because obviously it, it starts off with a flash forward and then it comes... i thought he died yeah, I, I thought I thought he was going to blow his... Um, I thought he was going to kill himself. I, I thought he was going to die to a shootout with the police or something in that bank robbery. Mm. Which was a nice Because I knew it was based because... on a true story. Yeah. I just didn't realise it was based off a book written by the guy yeah. surviving and obviously writing about his life. Yeah, I was I was almost quite surprised by that because I, like I, said, I thought it was going to do all this and at the end it was going to have this really sad ending where he, you know, he either dies in a shootout or he dies from either blowing his, you know, shooting himself in the head. I thought, I, th- mm-hmm. I literally thought that's what was going to happen. And I thought when he was the, in the, the street, I thought that might happen. Yeah, I almost thought the red scarf and what he was saying was a little bit of a, a foreshadowing of that. And all the red, like all mm-hmm. the red in the, yeah. uh, the 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 titles and the, the the posters and everything and and all that. I thought that was going to be a foreshadow for blood. But obviously yeah. not, and I yeah I prefer I liked how I had the happy ending. Um, I think that's kind of it. I think we've kind of uh, topped it off. Pop the cherry on the top of the uh, <laughs> cherry that's on the cake. Just the cherry on top. Yeah. Uh, what it. what would your be your score for it? I don't think you gave one. Uh, I think rather than a six point six, I think I would have probably gave it a seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would say six point <clears> five to seven. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Wow. It, right. it was it was a heavy film. It was a heavy film, but it's definitely worth the watch. Don't listen to the thirty seven percent or be on the trailers saying that it's not worth your time. It's definitely worth your time for watching it. Uh, yeah. Much like our podcast is worth the time to listen to it. Mm, yes, uh, like I said, like Chris said, don't let the reviews make your decision on it before you watch it because I think 
It's very much one of them. I think if you go in with a bad mindset, I don't think you're going to like it. If you go in with your own mindset, you might be pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that I waited until afterwards to read reviews and stuff. Yeah, for um, sure. Cool. Yeah. Uh, right, let's wrap it up. So make sure you follow us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at GetRealPod and email us GetRealPodUK at gmail.com. Chris, how can people support the pod? Best way to support the podcast is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us or head on over to Pod uh, Chaser because guess what it does, Sam? It syndicates it. Ooh, say it with me. It syndicates it to all the other podcast distributors. It syndicates it. Distributors. It syndicates it. It does to all the other podcast distributors. Uh, it'll leave your rate and review on all of them. Also, don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Get Real Gaming. They're doing some great stuff. Uh, Sam, do you know what they're talking about? Uh, this week? I don't think there's been much big news. Uh, I think this week, uh, Lauren's got a PS5. So they're talking oh, about did. some of uh, the PS... I know he's been playing a lot of Fortnite on it, so they've not been talking about any, <laughs> uh, any new games. Oh, um, he's doing bloody dances again. He's doing uh, he's, Fortnite dances, isn't he? He's played a fair bit of Astro's Playground, Playworld, something Astro's like that. Astro's Playroom? That's the one. I got it wrong twice. <laughs> <laughs> you were close though there you go i yeah. could have believed any of those names but yeah they're over there so support both podcasts on the socials when you see us post out something share it share it on facebook groups share it with two friends show it share it with three friends that's the best thing to do support the podcast anyway thank you so much for listening uh stay tuned to falcon of the winter soldier maybe as a bonus episode after the second episode airs um but yeah uh, if you want more in-depth, deep talks about films, let us know because I enjoy episodes like this. Let us know what you thought of the film. Um, yes. And we yeah. will see you next time. I'll catch you next time. Bye.